Jordan Phillips was activated from the pup list. We have more concerns with quarterback depth and Christian Benford reemerges in the CB2 competition. I'm breaking down the latest from Buffalo Bills training camp today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NFL or enter promo code NFL for a white tech hat with any order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Well, folks, we've got another Buffalo Bills training camp practice to break down here today on the podcast. Some big information coming out. And as you can tell, I'm back here in my normal recording setup in my home office here in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I wasn't able to be at this training camp practice like I have been for the last several But there's some big storylines that I want to reflect on here, and I'm excited to break it down for you. We're going to talk a lot about the defensive line here in the first segment. Then I want to get into the quarterback depth as some of those questions continue to linger as the Bills move throughout training camp. And then Christian Benford very much firmly back in this cornerback two competition. There was also a little injury scare there in the secondary that I want to discuss here later on in today's discussion. But I do want to start with the defensive line because the Bills received a big boost to the group with Jordan Phillips being activated from the physically unable to perform list. He's off the pup. He practiced on Sunday. And there's some big implications here. Now, As for the other PUP players, we still have Von Miller and Tyler Medikavich on the PUP list, but Phillips is back. And I got to be honest, I didn't expect it to happen so soon. I mean, Sean McDermott, I was at his press conference on Thursday, and he was asked about Jordan Phillips and said, look, it's more of a every other day type situation. We check in and see where he's at. Well, didn't take long for Jordan Phillips to be ready to go. He practiced on Sunday, and it looks like he's good to go the rest of the way. And I thought that there was a chance that the Bills would keep him on the pup list and let his recovery continue into the regular season, but he's ready to go now. And that obviously brings up some big questions about who the Bills keep on this roster for the regular season at the defensive line. And I think Jordan Phillips and his return is a big impact on that. Now, if Jordan Phillips is healthy, he's going to be a nice piece of this defensive line rotation. Now, one of my concerns with Jordan Phillips has been recent history. The last three seasons, there has been a lot of time missed due to injury. 
He's had hamstring issues in all three of the last three seasons. And then, of course, the shoulder injury that happened late in the season. He tried to play through it. It was really tough to watch. Remember that Bengals game? All those games late in the season, the guy was basically playing with one arm. And he had surgery, and he's back. And if Jordan Phillips is healthy, he can really be a nice asset to this defensive line. And hopefully he can stay healthy and be a nice asset to this defensive line. But the the conversation for me really shifts to who do the Bills keep? Who do they keep at edge, and who do they keep at defensive tackle? I think they're going to roster 10 total. And I know a couple of years ago they rostered 11 defensive linemen. And I'm not going to completely rule that out, but it seems unlikely this year because I think they're going to want to keep a lot of players at a lot of positions, and so you can't go heavy everywhere. And I just don't know if 11 defensive linemen make sense this year. I think 10 is probably the most logical number. But with that in mind, there's going to be some good football players that don't make this roster. And, of course, that naturally leads to conversations about trade candidates, who you can sneak back onto the practice squad. There's a lot at stake, and then this good problem to have becomes even more of an issue when Von Miller's ready to go. And depending on when Von Miller's ready to go, perhaps the conversation takes care of itself because someone else is injured and you put that player in injured reserve and activate Von Miller. But who they keep now is one thing, and also what are the consequences of that once Von Miller returns? So let's speculate for a little bit here. Again, I think they keep the 10 defensive linemen. On the edge, you have Greg Rousseau, Leonard Floyd. I think those guys are absolute locks. That's two. A.J. Epinesa has had a really good camp coming off of a six-and-a-half season, a contract year. I think he's safe. And then you have this mix of Shaq Lawson, Boogie Basham, and Shane Ray. That's six players right there. I think the Bills will probably keep five defensive ends. I think they're going to go heavy here at defensive end. Because you've seen so many of these guys, Rousseau, Epinesa, Lawson, Basham, all of those guys have not only played on the edge, but on the inside. And so, how do you sort this out? Good problem to have, but how do you sort this out? Who are your most logical trade candidates? Well, I don't think you'd want to trade any of your top three. We're going to put Von Miller aside right now. Your top three, when I say that, I mean Rousseau, Leonard Floyd, A.J. Epinesa. But Shaq Lawson's a dependable player for you, a really good run defender. Not sure he has much trade value. I mean, he lingered on the open market for a long time, and it seems like the only team really interested in Shaq Lawson is the Bills. Boogie Basham, maybe he has some appeal, right? You can understand that. He's a recent second-round pick. He's only played two seasons. If the Bills were to dangle him out there, there'd probably be some nibbles. Coaches, GMs going back to their scouting reports, liking Boogie Basham, maybe being able to flip a fourth-round pick for a guy they would have drafted in the second round a couple of years ago. Something along those lines. But do the Bills want to do that? Do they want to give up on a young player? When you look through the inventory of day two selections over the last few years, it hasn't been good. The last thing you'd want to do is send off Boogie Basham and all of a sudden he becomes a nice player for another team. And all you have to show for it is a day three draft pick in, the, in return. 
He also offers a lot of versatility. It's also a cost control player. The appeal for Boogie Basham from some other team would be, on one hand, the fact that he is a young player that was recently drafted on day two, but you still have two seasons of rookie deal here to enjoy. The Bills might want to enjoy that for themselves. Shane Ray? Shane Ray is really starting to pop in camp, but, I mean, he was, what, in the CFL most recently? Signed with the Bills in May? What type of trade market is out there for him? Especially if he, well, I guess not especially. What if he does go out and has a good preseason? Which I could totally see happening. I could see Shane Ray as a former first-round pick that's had a production in the NFL that's looking for the redemption story to go out there and really showcase himself well in preseason and make yourself start to ask even more questions about, well, we got to keep this guy. Can we sneak him on the practice squad? Does he become a trade candidate? These are all the dynamics in play here at this edge rusher situation, and I haven't even talked about Kingsley Jonathan, who the Bills had in preseason last year, cut him, and he wound up being signed by the Bears to their active roster and played some games then came back to the Bills and played in at least one game. Good problem to have, but how do they sort it out? Then you go to defensive tackle where, of course, Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones, those guys are locks to make this roster. You feel pretty good that Puna Ford's a lock to make the roster. Then you have Jordan Phillips and Tim Settle. Do they keep five defensive tackles? Do they go five edges, five defensive tackles? Do they go six and four? Typically, the Bills have kept four defensive tackles on the roster. But if they keep four, that means Settle, Phillips, or Ford's going to get cut. These are great problems to have. Great problems to have. But it's something that's become very fascinating to me as not only the Bills are getting more healthy on the defensive line and will continue to get more healthy, hopefully, of course, with Von Miller's expected return and hopefully nobody gets injured. But between that and just the talent that exists, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have some very difficult decisions to make in the coming weeks. And Jordan Phillips coming back further complicates that. Again, really good problem to have. But this is going to be something I'm paying very close attention to as preseason starts Friday night. And stay tuned. I might have something cool to share with you about that preseason schedule. All right, want to talk about the quarterback depth here in just a moment. But first, I do need to tell you about bird dogs. These these bird dogs are awesome. Bird dogs, they make shorts, they make joggers, and they are awesome. They uh, they make you look good. They have these stretch khaki shorts. They're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg. They give you a truly sculpted look, and everybody loves Lululemon. Well, bird dogs, they do the exact same thing, but they fit way better. They're not that stiff, restricting cotton bird dogs fixed that issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit throughout your entire waist and thighs but you don't have to sacrifice any movement and they also have that anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long so try these out these shorts are awesome their joggers are awesome we got a little special for you go to birddogs.com slash nfl or enter promo code LOCKEDONNFL for a white tech hat, a free white tech hat with any order. Get yourself some bird dogs, folks. You won't want to take them off. We promise you. 
So in the first segment, we talked about Jordan Phillips and his return. A couple other injury notes before I start talking about the backup quarterback situation. Reggie Gilliam, he did not practice on Sunday. Not sure what the deal is there, but he didn't practice, so that's something we'll monitor. Matt Milano and Taron Johnson, a couple of key players for the Bills' defense, they did not participate in Friday night's practice, right, the blue and red practice at Highmark Stadium. General soreness was why they were held out, but they were back and practiced in full. And then another player, Ed Oliver, who during Friday night felt like he kind of disappeared, was on the sideline, helmet off, maybe something was wrong there. I think we can put any concerns there to the side he practiced in full on Sunday. So the Bills are continuing to get healthy with one exception, which we'll talk about here in the next segment. But I want to focus this next part of our discussion today on the backup quarterback. Because Kyle Allen has been rough. He was rough all last week, was rough during the blue and red practice. And listening to Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot on the Shout Buffalo podcast, it sounds like he had another really rough practice. And it's time to really start talking about, well, what do we do here? What's next? What are the consequences? What do you do? Because between Kyle Allen and Matt Barkley, you, it's just I don't feel that good about this quarterback depth. I was hopeful that Kyle Allen has some level of experience in the NFL, that he can come in and be a reasonable QB too. And we know that Josh Allen has a big-time relationship with both of those guys. Kyle Allen and Matt Barkley. And I think that's important. Not only because you want Josh to have the people around him that he wants around him, but as much as you want your backup quarterback to be able to step in and play reasonably good football if your starter had to miss any time, the job of the backup quarterbacks is as much that as it is being an asset to your starter. Kyle Allen and Matt Barkley's contributions are bigger than just having to step in and play in case of an injury. They're critical players for Josh Allen throughout the course of the week and preparing for games. And they're critical assets for game day and communication and talking things through. You want to have the right people around you as a starter so that they can have an impact on how you perform because they support you well, whether it's breaking down film, during, you know, looking at the pictures on the sideline, talking things through. Those are your peers. They're important pieces of your starter and their ability to go out and execute. But my goodness, it just doesn't, it doesn't sound good. I didn't look good when I was there last week. And one of the big things that comes up in this backup quarterback conversation is, well, if your starter goes down, you're basically screwed anyway, so it doesn't matter. I don't like that ideology at all. I push back hard when I see those types of comments or I hear those types of comments. Teams in the NFL are using quarterback depth like never before, and the Bills have been very fortunate. Josh Allen has started 71 games in a row, 7-1, 71 games in a row. That's the longest active streak among NFL quarterbacks by a good margin. Josh Allen at 71 is number one. The next closest is Justin Herbert at 49. Then it's Trevor Lawrence and Patrick Mahomes at 34. Aaron Rodgers, number five, 
at 25 games in a row. Isn't that crazy? There's only five quarterbacks in the NFL right now that have started 25 consecutive games or more. The NFL had a record 69 different quarterbacks start games in 2022. I am not good at math, but there's 32 teams in the NFL and 69 quarterbacks were used. That's a couple of teams. That's a little more than two per team. The previous high for that was 64. 2007, again, quarterback depth is being used like never before. And if your starter goes down, it's going to be tough no matter what. There's no question. It's going to be harder to win a game if your starter goes down. But that doesn't mean the season goes down the drain. And we don't have to act like every injury is a season-ending injury. Like, why do we always go there with it? Guys are more likely to be out for a few weeks than they are to be for the whole season. And you'd like to know that if Josh Allen had to miss two, three, four games, that some quarterback could step in there and give you a chance to go two and two or three and one or something like that. And so don't give me this, well, you're screwed anyways. Because that's just a poor way to look at it. And let's be honest, for as awesome as it is that Josh has been so durable, he's had some scares along the way. I mean, there's probably at least one moment in every game that you watch Josh Allen play where you're holding your breath and hoping he gets up. Been very fortunate. He's played through some stuff for sure. And I don't want to say he's due. And don't sit here and say, well, Joe, you're talking about it and you're going to jinx him and all that stuff. If my words had the power to impact things that happen with the Buffalo Bills, there would be a trophy case full of Lombardi trophies at one Bills drive in Orchard Park. There's not any. So I didn't jinx Josh Allen. There's no, the Madden curse, none of that stuff's real. But you have to be honest here when you look at this situation and think there's a chance that Josh Allen misses some time. And right now you just don't feel good about your options. So what do you do? Do you go sign a Teddy Bridgewater? Do you sign a Carson Wentz? Those guys are probably looking for more realistic opportunities to play. And maybe we need to let this play out. The Bills haven't even had a preseason game yet. We know that this Ken Dorsey offense is pretty complex. It's Kyle Allen's first year with the Bills, which means it's his first year with Ken Dorsey and all these players around him. There's a lot to settle into, and it's not like he's getting first-team reps. He's going to play a lot in the preseason. And, folks, I really hope those showcases go better than what I've watched in camp and what we've been reported from camp when I haven't been there. So there's a lot that goes into this conversation. I just kind of want to dump a bunch of thoughts here into where my mind goes when we talk about this, but I'm, I, I felt it throughout the course of last week. I said it on our podcast on Friday after the Blue-Red scrimmage. I don't love this backup quarterback situation. Maybe you need to let it play out a little bit. But I guess at the end of the day, you just hope Josh Allen doesn't get hurt and you don't have to really worry about it. But right now it's quite concerning to me to be one snap away from Kyle Allen or Matt Barkley. And Matt Barkley's been better. In my opinion, Matt Barkley's been better in camp from what I've seen. Being one snap away from those guys having to step in and keep your playoff hopes and your Super Bowl hopes alive until Josh Allen gets back.
All right, folks, want to talk a little bit more in the next segment about Christian Benford, him reemerging in this cornerback two race. Bill's had a little bit of an injury scare, and we got some insight from Bobby Babich on the status of the middle linebacker competition. But first, I need to tell you about FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. So just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. So if you want to go and pick the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl, every time that they win, you'll get bonus bets. And you can use those bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders for point totals in games, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. All right, folks, a few more items to get to here on today's podcast, but I would like to remind you about and invite you to join the LockedOn Bills subtext community. We launched it a few months ago, and it has been going so well. I've really enjoyed it, and uh, if you want to join, there's a link in the show notes for today. So if you're on YouTube or wherever you listen to the podcast, click on the show notes. You'll see a link to join the Lockdown Bill subtext community, which includes a lot. First of all, my favorite part is one-on-one text conversations with me, so I get in there a few times a day, answer questions, interact with you guys. It's been so cool to hear from you, answer your questions, learn more about you, but also share my, more of myself. That's been so cool. Easily my favorite part. You get priority when it comes to herd mentality, some exclusive content, send out regular, probably daily texts just with some things that are on my mind when it comes to the Buffalo Bills, giving you some updates and that type of stuff. You get my first reaction to all major Bills news. A lot going on there in the Lockdown Bills subtext community. Everybody that signs up gets a free two-week trial, so check it out. And again, nothing changes with the normal delivery of this podcast Simply an extra layer of engagement for anybody who might want it. All right, let's talk about uh, Christian Benford. Because last week at camp, one of the big storylines that I delivered on this podcast was, look, just kind of felt like he wasn't getting a lot of opportunity with the first team. It looked like it was a Kyrie Elam, Dane Jackson conversation across from Tredavious White. Well, things changed on Sunday. Alex Brasky of the Batavia Daily News. He reported and said it was the highest number of reps with the first-team defense so far in camp. That's significant. So right after you kind of feel like he's getting phased out a little bit, he gets more opportunity, and that says a lot. And it sounds like he did a lot with the opportunity, had two interceptions into uh, in, in Sunday's practice. So that says a lot, like, Hey, you bet you hadn't been getting as much run. Here's some run. And then he turns around and has a couple of interceptions. And so that's great, right? You nobody wants Christian Benford to not play well, but it certainly further complicates what's going on here at this at this job opposite of Tredavious White. I continue to have little clarity on what's going to happen here. And I'll tell you what. That probably suggests that we really should buckle up for a platoon situation. Maybe some game plan specific stuff. So we'll see. Maybe there's more to glean from these preseason games. But Christian Benford, the highest number of reps he's had with a first team defense so far in camp. And that results in two interceptions. 
pretty significant. I want to talk about Cam Lewis. It feels like we do every single day. Well, everything to this point has been very encouraging with Cam Lewis. Today, he had an injury scare. We're not sure exactly what the extent of the injury is. Sal Capaccio of WGR 550 in his practice recap. This is what he said. Cam Lewis went up to grab an interception and collided with another player. Lewis came down hard and was flat on his back on the grass. Safety Dean Marlowe immediately called for trainers to tend to Lewis, who stayed down for several minutes before eventually getting up and walking off slowly with trainers to the medical tent. He did not return to practice. So that's that's what we know about the situation. Don't know the severity. He could practice tomorrow. He might not. We don't know. But Cam Lewis was having a terrific training camp, a guy that popped for me all week long. Huge opportunity. He's playing safety, can help in the slot, was the gunner on the punt team opposite of Saran Neal. Like every imaginable indicator that you would search for said he's on track to make this team. Not only make this team, but be one of the active players on game days. And hopefully nothing serious is happening here. You know, hopefully it's just a little bump or something like that, and he's ready to go sooner rather than later. So we'll stay tuned for updates there, but the guy was having such a such a great camp. You hate to see an injury take away from the opportunity that was there for him this offseason or this this season and really kind of respect his journey as a UDFA out of Buffalo. And you know, sometimes when they have a UDFA out of Buffalo, you feel like it's just a courtesy thing, local camp body. Well, Cam Lewis has taken full advantage and spent time on the active roster and spent time on the practice squad and gotten into games and started at slot against Houston a couple of years ago and had a couple of starts at safety last year. And while the results haven't been always good, he's a versatile player that I think they like a ton for special teams and are right now counting on him. So let's hope that everything is well with Mr. Cam Lewis. The other big competition is the linebacker, middle linebacker, Bobby Babich, the Bills linebackers coach, he met with the media before the practice on Sunday and said the linebacker battle is focused on Tyrell Dotson and Terrell Bernard, which we knew that, right? We we saw Bale Inspector get an opportunity with the first-team defense, and then that was it. And because they skipped his opportunity because of what Sean McDermott said and now what Bobby Babich has told us, this is down to Dotson versus Bernard. And I think that Dotson has been the better player so far in camp. And I think one of the things that really bothers me about Terrell Bernard is that he's the more athletic player, but it doesn't feel like the Bills are better in pass coverage when he's on the field. So maybe Tyrell Dotson has limitations in coverage, but if they're both suspect in coverage, but Dotson's the better downhill player, he's the player with more experience, obviously dating back to 2019, it just kind of feels like the the direction all the arrows are pointing at Tyrell Dotson. Now Terrell Bernard can obviously change that I think with a strong preseason. I think that could play into this a lot, but I mean what we've talked a lot about with this with this linebacker competition is figuring out who your guy is so they can settle in, start calling the defense and really get on the same page with everybody and get used to that cadence from Sean McDermott as a play caller and and dispersing that information 
to the rest of the guys and communicating reps are going to matter here. And you want to make that decision as quickly as possible, but also give the competition its full opportunity to play out. And so that's where I get a little bit weary, leery about it. When, if you say, look, this is really going to come down to preseason games. Well, you kind of want to have it settled sooner rather than later, but you got to let it play out. It's challenging. So we'll see what happens there. The Bills practice on Monday, but it's a closed practice, so there's no fans in attendance. Media will be there. And camp is coming to an end here. They practice on Monday. They practice on Wednesday and Thursday, and then on Thursday they break training camp. Friday there's a preseason game. And that's that's it for, for camp. And, of course, there's a couple of preseason games after Friday night. But September 11th against the New York Jets on Monday Night Football is going to be here really, really quick. And so, obviously, I'm excited for all of that and all the conversations that we have to have on this podcast. But it's just kind of was a a moment today when I was like, wow, this is really the last week of camp. On Thursday, they break camp and everything's going back to Orchard Park. Football's here, folks. Exciting season. One that I have very high expectations for this football team. and. I think they have everything that they need. I'm looking forward to talking it all through with you here on this podcast. So make sure that you are subscribed. If you're on YouTube or wherever you listen to this podcast, hit that subscribe or follow button. We're here daily for you. And I've got some really fun stuff prepared for the regular season. I'm going to shift some things up this year. If you're a subtext subscriber, you know that already. So check out the Lockdown Bill subtext community. Also, would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills. I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.